This podcast is sponsored by TrueLearn. It's never too early to start studying. Use code ROBIN20 for 20% off your order at TrueLearn.com today. This is Dr. Robin Axelrod. On my drive to work one morning, I thought, how could I promote unity between OT and OTA students? How could I foster communication and leadership skills and promote our amazing profession? Welcome to my OT Journey podcast. Okay, so good afternoon, Alexandra, and welcome to our podcast. We want to first thank you for taking the time out to meet with us. In this podcast, we aim to get a better understanding of how you connect occupational therapy and dance together. On this specific episode, um, we're going to ask you a few questions to get a better understanding of your style of work and how you incorporate both. So my name is Kim and my partner's name is... My name is Michal. And we can't wait to get started. So how are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for asking. How are you ladies? Great. Ready. Very good. Thank you. Okay, so we'll get started with the first question. So your first question is, what interested you to incorporate dance and occupational therapy together? So occupational therapy is both a science and an art. I integrated OT and dance together because they complement each other so well. As a known art form, I saw that dance can be a vehicle and OT can be a science and design behind every movement. With OT, I know what goals I should be accomplishing. And with dance, I know a fun way that I can deliver and work towards the goals. Um, In theory, dancing is a series of body mechanics that engage the muscles and stimulate the mind via things like memorization and coordination. Therefore, dancing overall establishes a healthier mind-body connection. In practice, dance is an easily modifiable and highly adaptable activity that can be used to meet individuals at their just right challenge. OTs are uniquely equipped to use the modality of dance due to our extensive background in anatomy, neuroscience, cognition, mental health, activity analysis, as well as our creative nature to ensure that our treatment interventions are both effective and meaningful to help clients achieve their goals. I am still first and foremost an OT and have a more eclectic professional background of a dancer, which allows me to have an interdisciplinary approach and more tools to utilize in order to get the patient to adhere to the recommended treatment plans. I believe that dance is an essential modality that can be used in all OT's toolboxes. That was, I don't even think we can say anything. That was just- Yeah, that was actually- was great. Very Were interesting. Were you a dancer before, before this? I'm sorry? Were you a dancer before this? Yes. So I have a professional training um, background in dance and all kinds of dancing, international dance styles. Oh, wow. Um, I, was, I was actually in graduate school teaching dance and going to school at the same time. I was also a LIU student on the LIU dance team as well. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. Wow, that's that nice. so interesting. I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, our second question is, how long were you working as an OT when your focus changed and you knew you wanted to incorporate dance into your OT session? So I have several years of experience in both OT in general and with OT incorporating dance. 
So for OT in general, I first started working in a hand therapy clinic where I provided OT to outpatients in rehab, some of whom were post-surgery. We did therapeutic exercises to battle conditions such as carpal tunnel, decrebrians, epicondylitis, and more. I also started working in early intervention services where I worked with babies from zero to three to help them achieve developmental milestones. For OT, where I did incorporate dance, um, I worked in an inpatient psychiatric unit, a few of them, Bellevue Hospital and Northwell Syosset Hospital, where I led daily groups on health and wellness, stress management, life skills, sensory modulation, coping strategies, emotional regulation. And I started dance programs in both hospitals to provide coping skills. And it became one of the most patient popular groups. Um, I also worked at a few public schools, PS 150, PS 13, PS 184, um, where I worked with students from kindergarten to sixth grade. And I conducted educational OT interventions with dance um, for children with ADD, ADHD, ASD, visual motor, bilateral coordination, fine motor, and gross motor deficits. Um, and in the school setting, for example, if I had a student who had difficulty copying notes from the board, I would leverage trending and relatable dances as an engaging way to work on our targeted skills, such as hand-eye coordination. Wow, that's very so impressive. Some, thank you. So those are some ways I kind of blended dance and OT together. So it sounds like your passion was always with dance. Right. I mean, <laughs> I, I do all the traditional things that OTs would do, but again, right. that's just one little niche that's specific and gives it that creative quality. Wow. We love it. Um, okay. So is there a specific style of dance that corresponds best with OT? And is there a specific type of music that you play? So the dance style that corresponds best with OT is the dance style that patients are most comfortable with, which usually corresponds and co coincides with what is culturally relevant to them. Therefore, we adjust and we personalize everything for them, from the design of the OT goals to the activities of daily living and all the intervention sessions, they're very uniquely specifically designed. Um, whenever dance is used as a modality, we adjust that. Also, um, not only do I have that niche of offering dance as a modality in my OT clinic, but I also specialize in international dance, like I've mentioned before, which allows me to personalize it even more. Um, in terms of dance styles, ballet is currently the most researched for studies that show the effectiveness of dance as a modality in OT. Specifically, ballet has has been shown to target balance and postural control in individuals with cerebral palsy. This is due to the nature of ballet itself as a structured and progressive dance style. Similar to OT, ballet has a variety of routines and exercises which increases in intensity, which um, with practice helps the client to develop skills further. Wow. Do you think also because ballet is like calming that has an effect to it? I'm sorry? Do you think also because ballet is like a more calming dance, then that has an effect to it as well, being like the most right. effective? 
Right. Um, just in the literature, that's what's shown to be uh, most effective so far. I would love to do more studies, which I'm going to mention in the other questions that you will ask. Um, but it's the most researched ballet because it's so structured and it's progressive. Right. The intensity kind of increases just like what we want for our clients and their goals. We want them to keep progressing. And it's very ballet is easily measurable because you have first position, second position, third position. Right. Um, it's very as opposed to hip hop, which is more freestyle. So it's just easily measurable in terms of progression if they're getting better, if they're able to do turns and pivots and plies. Well, that's very interesting. How even in dance, you give your students the ability to like whatever kind of dance that they like to do, and whatever they like. If they pick a dance, then they get to excel in it. And that's what you're saying with the type of uh, style that they get to choose. I find it very interesting that you give even your students that opportunity to tell, like, work with what they like. Right, which is the key because motivation is such a key factor. And again, cultural re relevance is a big thing in OT. We want to make the patient happy. And also, I, uh, I, my dance studio and OT clinic is centered in a very... Uh, it's in Forest Hills Regal Park. It's centered in a very Buharian Uzbek community. Um, and a lot of these clients specifically like their own type of dancing. Um, and that's something that we offer as well. I, I love it. Actually, I wanted to say something that um, I follow you on Instagram and I get to see it. And it's just so interesting because this is a pure example of the cultural backgrounds. Like you literally yeah. incorporate it and it's just it's what we learn in class and I'm seeing it being applied to real life. I just find it really amazing that you're able to do that. I appreciate it. Of course. Okay. So the next question is um, like, would you happen to focus on a certain age group? What age group would you see the most improvement in and why? So I have found that OT and dance, that fusion applies to all ages for toddlers. I feel like this age group is the, you would see the most improvement in babies and toddlers due to neuroplasticity. Um, early intervention during the first two years is critical for learning tasks because this is the time when the brain is most likely to adapt and learn. So this age group tends to benefit most from the fine motor, gross motor, bilateral coordination, and balance. We do work with all ages though. So with kids and adults, I'm sorry, with kids and teens, I find that, I find that it, I'm sorry, do you still see me? There we are. With kids and, with kid and, with kids and teens, I find that this age group tends to benefit most from the emotional regulation, anxiety reducing, focus, attention, social skills. Um, and with adults and elderly, I, this age group tends to benefit most from improved memory, increased joint mobility, cardiovascular health, regulation of heart rate, blood pressure, stress reduction, weight management, pain management, mental health, positive coping skills, strengthening, longevity. So these benefits, of course, can be in either category, but I feel like those are the most um, in terms of the breakdown of toddlers, then teens, then adults and elderly. So anyone, any age can do it. It'll benefit them in any way. Right. I just feel, yes, exactly. In any way. Okay. Um, what inspires you in your teaching? How do you apply this to inspire your students? So what inspires me are two things, progress and impact. 
So with progress, uh, I'm very lucky that I work in a profession that I can see both the short-term and the long-term goals. I know that every small weekly win eventually adds up to transformational years. I hear testimonials from parents who contact me years later and express their gratitude for introducing me to their child at what they now realize was such an amazing and absolutely pivotal moment in their life. Um, what also inspires me is the impact. I know that the work that I do has a positive ripple effect on many aspects of life and can accomplish unbelievable goals such as increased confidence, independence, autonomy, and mental fortitude to make one's life challenges, to meet one's life challenges with excitement and with passion. Wow, that's very nice. Um, so do you take what you know as a mother and incorporate it to your sessions? And if you do, can you please give us an example? Yes, absolutely. I incorporate it. I practice everything with my kids all of the time. Um, for example, they're, they're just my experiment. I experiment with them. <laughs> for example, uh, getting my own child to, to eat independently with a fork or independently go up the stairs. Um, I know as an OT by around two, these are some developmental milestones that we should be aiming for and that she should be doing at age two by age two. However, the experience in a real life context setting makes me far more stronger in noticing those same observations when working in the field. Um, as a fortunate mother of two, I saw firsthand the vast differences in developmental progression that kids can have. One of my children spoke faster. One of them crawled faster. I also learned firsthand to have true patience and that each child has his or her own psychology, where one approach for one child may not work for another child. Um, and also outside of studies or helping others in the field, my real life experience as a mother also, also makes me relate and therefore communicate better with the parents. I share personal struggles with the other parents. I explain that our goals as both a mother and a therapist is to help the child navigate and achieve their potential as best as we can. Yeah, I really like that actually, how you said that even within your own children, you know, there are different approaches for each. And it just tells me how like for all your students and all your clients, like they all need a really individualized treatment plan. and I. And it just proves it through that. And I like the way you said that. Right. How every student is unique in their own way. Their own way. And in you use like and these mother kids are, We talk a lot about in OT school, nature versus nurture and genetics and behavior. And But two kids could grow up in the same household. Everything you think you're doing. But they're two, even my siblings and I were three different people. Um, so every kid has their own unique approach. Every child is special. I have so many parents who panic. Oh my God, my child is not crawling. My child is not reaching for toys, but she's already 10 months. And it says that she's supposed to do this at six months. And they get very nervous and you have to kind of, I understand each right, child is very reassuring. Some, kids, some kids don't even crawl. That's okay. They skip crawling. We don't like that. They skip crawling. We love crawling. We're all for crawling. <laughs> crawling has a lot of benefits, but it's not for everyone. Right. So you have to give that reassurance. Um, okay. If you had to pick three things to tell your OT students, what would you tell them? So three things. First thing is knowledge. 
Knowledge is not power. Applied knowledge is power. You can have all the knowledge in the world, but if you can't apply it effectively, especially live in the moment when it counts, then you quickly feel feel powerless. Practicing applying your knowledge as much as possible, you will quickly notice that you have more to learn. So that's the first thing, knowledge. So I think that's a really good advice. I feel like I'll take that with me throughout. Yeah, I like that. I, think, I, think <laughs> I like that, that a lot. To everyone, whether whatever it is. Um, the second would be design. Uh, think of the patient's goals. Visualize the finish line together, and reverse and engineer the plan from there. Always keep the patient in mind, and think how can I deliver something personalized in a way that would work better for them. Visualize the process together and accept that the process will adapt rapidly. The third would be relationships. Uh, Foster an interpersonal relationship with a patient where the patient trusts you, but also establish clear boundaries and expectations where you are not forcing the client but where the client is asking for your help and advice because they want to grow and improve. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of what we learn in school as well. Yeah. Those are three things I feel like I'm going to take with me forever. Yeah. It's so important. (laughs) I'm glad. Um, Can you describe one of your typical OT sessions to us? Sure. So I have one, uh, patient. He's a six-year-old boy with cerebral palsy. He has many cognitive and motor deficits. Our goals in OT are to help him navigate his school environment safely and independently perform ADLs and IADLs. We use a variety of sensory integration treatments and activities. We use the rock climbing wall, the trampoline, the swing, um, and we also engage in so many different fine motor activities with him, writing, cutting, fastening clothing. We utilize obstacle courses and dance routines to engage in full body activation of the the body and the mind. Um, With this particular patient, he has spastic CP, which results in jerky and uncoordinated movements. And here I specifically customized a personal dance routine to reduce spasticity and also improve in attention, coordination, balance, strength, and endurance, which all coincide with his goals. Wow. Uh, This resulted in his increased ability to perform grooming and feeding skills independently, such as gripping a utensil during mealtime. I also have, so that's one example with this boy who has CP. I also have a few examples of how some people ask me, like, how would you, I, that's your typical tea session would look like, but how would you document that? How would you, how would you put that in a soap note? What does that look like? Um, and I just created a few examples for you to kind of see how I would word that type of session. So for example, if you're working with a patient on ADLs, you could write something in the lines of patient reached outside of base of support with external auditory cue of rhythmic beat in order to improve dynamic standing balance needed to perform lower body dressing. So again, we're using that dance, but the whole goal why is to improve lower body dressing. Right. Another example, an IADL. 
patient engaged in rhythmic therapeutic exercise, focusing on flexion and extension of bilateral upper extremities, three times 15 reps in order to improve range of motion needed to reach for items when preparing meals. So we might be doing flexion extension and utilizing a dance instead of traditional, let's say, weights that I would have been doing at a rehab outpatient center, again, to help that patient with grabbing items during meal. Another example, um, functional mobility. Patient engaged in a tango dance sequence, moving forward, backwards, side to side, to improve weight shifting, to improve balance and motor coordination needed for community mobility. Or patient performed the sit to stand transfer using a dance sequence in order to improve functional mobility needed for a commode transfer. So again, this is all applied to the functional goal. That's the whole OT purpose function. Um, And then lastly, cognition, because dance has a lot to do with cognition, memorizing steps. Patient engaged in a dance memory activity to improve on working memory skills needed to engage in daily tasks, such as following a schedule for a morning routine. So these are just some examples of what our OT sessions would look like and how I would document that. I really think that, like, I, I'm really mind blown by this. I really think it's so amazing how, like, dance could just be incorporated into occupational therapy. And it's like, it's like when kids are in school and they receive occupational therapy, they, they don't usually assess it with occupational therapy. They think, like, oh, they're going to have fun. They're going to draw, but not right, knowing right. that they're getting use out of it, you know? Right, exactly. Even when I was in a school setting, uh, even when I was in field work, I would do everything that I guess OT can do, but you want to think outside the box. Of course, I would work with them on handwriting. Of course, I would use therapy. We would do regular exercises. We would do some SI, but just this sometimes gives them that extra fun aspect because they don't want to sit there and do writing or yeah, they're definitely. tired of the typical movement breaks that we would give them like let's do a plank or every kid has their own even in I remember it was 2013 no I'm sorry it was 2017 I was working with one student and at that time Fortnite was so popular (laughs) and the student just didn't want to engage in any activity that I was giving him and a lot of his goals had to do with coordination so I was like okay let's do the floss move let's work on this and it just got him to 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 engage so that was really helpful yeah definitely do you see a difference from boys to girls? I don't. I think I think boys, girls, whatever age, I think. You just have to find something, just have that, to they find like. something that they like. Right. Yeah. And again, not everybody likes to dance. So if right. they don't, you, have to, you always have to find something that they like. Yeah, I agree. Wow. Um, okay. How do you handle a student who is defiant and refusing to cooperate? Right. So we touched base a little bit on this question. Um, I would say that that's a little bit of what makes me special. I have less kids who are um, deviant and don't want to cooperate because I try to find these creative ways to adapt. And I use these modalities to ensure that these kids will cooperate. Um, We make education and exercise seem like play and fun. Like you've mentioned before, some people just think, oh, we're playing, but we have a reason behind everything that we're doing. Um, They don't realize that we're playing one way versus another because that particular day we might be targeting their gross motor skills as, again, part of their developmental plan. They just see play. 
Um, but it's our job to find creative ways to work on their goals. Yeah, I feel like um, as an occupational therapist who incorporates with dance, you would see less of this because I think they would get more enjoyment out of it. Right. Right. Wow. So um, how much improvement have you seen with incorporating dance within your occupation of OT as opposed to just OT without dance? So I have seen a lot of improvement. Dance and especially my specialty of international dance helps to motivate patients. Um, Increased motivation leads to increased adherence, which ultimately leads to improved retention. When conducting progress reports and reevaluations, I've noticed that clients that did use the modality of dance have progressed at a faster rate Mm. than clients who did not. I did progress reports when doing OT in general without dance. I did progress reports when blending OT together in the school setting. I also did reports in my own facility. And I saw a significant improvement when incorporating dance. However, to truly know that it's dance as the improvement factor and not the setting of the school versus the clinic or due to any other variable or factor, I would need to conduct more formal studies where I could control and isolate the variables to show the effectiveness that dance truly has. Um, And if funded properly, I could even conduct studies that would measure different dance styles with different health-related conditions, similar to the study done with ballet and cerebral palsy. Right. Wow. I think I used to be a dancer as well. And I think this is something that I'll definitely be interested in doing. Do you train any of any OT students? So right now, due to COVID, we have not taken any students. Um, we do have a waiting list for students who do either want to volunteer. Oh, wow. So wow. We, that's something that we're aspiring to do again. But again, we have to adhere to COVID policies. Right. Wow. Wow. Um, I just wanted to say, just listening to you and having this opportunity to get to know you and what you do is absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. I feel like if other people get to hear what you do, it would inspire them too. Just like other OT students as well, because you don't just do the usual, you do something so like, like out of the ordinary and it like inspires us to also like get out of the box, really think it through, think about what's going to help the student or the client, you know, get to their goal. And honestly, it was, it was really a pleasure to hear you speak about it. Thank you. I appreciate it. And again, I encourage everyone to do something, even as an OT, you have to do something that's unique to you. I have a friend who loves to draw. She loves art. So she tries to incorporate art within her sessions. Do what you love. And when you do what you love, it's going to transcend to the patient and the client. And they're going to they're gonna have that rapport with you. So that's very important. That's, yeah, I, that's so definitely. I feel like a lot of students have tunnel vision. They just think pediatrics, geriatrics. They don't understand. Like doing this is outstanding. Yeah, I don't think I've ever, I've ever seen never heard of an OT dancer before, ever. Maybe there are, but I don't think I've ever seen We actually had a, I don't know if she's currently still um, uh, working with the LIU faculty, but I did have a pediatric professor in LIU, Professor de Blasi. Oh, yes, she was amazing. Oh, so you did have her as a teacher. Yes, we had her for half okay. the semester, though. She, she, I'm sorry? We only had her for half the semester because with oh, the issue, okay. it didn't work with both her jobs. 
Oh, wow. Okay. So she, she actually is a pediatric professor, pediatric OT, and she is a dancer herself. So she often, oh, wow. I remember, would also, she would always tell me, I'm always dancing with my kids. I'm always trying to use <laughs> dance also. There are many of us out there. I'm sure yeah. that uh, this is, it's just, it is the movement. And I, and I hope to push the movement further and make it more known. Yeah, definitely. Popular. I hope to see you in the future. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I, I appreciate it. Yeah. So like, just to wrap it up, I just wanted to, we just wanted to thank you so much for joining us. And it was really a pleasure to get like, to interview for our podcast. We hope that you enjoyed it as much as we did. And we look forward to keeping in touch for the future. Now, um, you have any questions for us? Um, no. Okay, great. So no problem. Thank you what year, so much. I'm sorry, I do have one question. What year in. I'm no we're problem. first year, right? Yeah, yeah, you're also in your first, first year. year. We graduate 2023. Oh, first year. You're yeah. First year. Oh, amazing. Okay. That's great. Hopefully and this is for which And for which class is this assignment for? This is for um I know this development. is professional development. Yes. Oh, yeah, it is for professional development. Yes. Okay, wonderful. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Thank you to the student contributors. If you liked it, please subscribe to our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google. You can also follow us on social media on Facebook at MyOTJourney and on Instagram at MyOTJourneyPodcast. Thanks for listening. Go OT! This podcast is sponsored by TrueLearn. It's never too early to start studying. Use code ROBIN20 for 20% off your order at TrueLearn.com today.